0: welcome thank you for choosing to listen to this spirit-filled word by david entry when you catch a word you have caught god
1: may you catch a word today that will cause god to change your story be blessed last week i started um the Colossian series i gave the background to the book about how it was paul who wrote it to a church it didn't start directly in Acts chapter 19, Bible talks from verse 7. the people spoke evil of the way Paul took the man aside, the disciple. Actually, Bible used the word disciple. But verse 9 says that when divers were hardened and believed not. This is interesting. Don't expect everybody to believe the Bible. No. And he said divers. Divers means all kinds of people. Both intelligent people and dumb people. Beautiful people and not so beautiful. Married and unmarried. Educated and uneducated, diverse. That is why when you come to the church, it's not only poor people, they are rich people. It's not only nice people, they are not so nice people. It's not only uh, um, men, there are women, it's not only, it's diverse, the gospel cuts across everywhere. If it is only a particular group of people, then you think the gospel only works in a certain way. But the gospel makes the church gloriously heterogeneous in its nature. So it's a diverse, did not believe. And usually those who don't believe are more. Yes. When divers were hardened and believed not, and they will not keep quiet, people who don't believe, have you noticed they don't keep quiet? They'll go online and make noise. They'll be talking. How many of you have met people who don't know what the Christianity is about, but they think they have the right to, res- they, they, they reserve the right to talk, they talk, they talk. The people I don't understand is those who from other religion who will not concentrate and preach their religion, but always they have to start from the Bible. Every true Christian preacher never focuses on other religion. We have too much truth to talk about and to waste our time talking about what is false. So they won't be quiet. People can be hardened. The the lockdown hardened a lot of people. Their heart is like pizza. (laughs) Yeah or let me use the blood of the body. When it is exposed to the air, it will coagulate, it will clot, because that's the nature of it. And the human heart, so long as the things of God are concerned, can harden, it's, it's natural. So every one of us have suffered hardiness of heart at some point before, but the hardiness is in levels. You know, one day I bought pizza, <laughs> You know, when it's big, but you can't eat all, but you really like it, so you leave the rest for the next day. And, and I, <laughs> I left it for the next day, and I put it in the microwave when I was ready to eat. And it got very soft, and I was happy. I was softening it more, because after the, ne- the next day, it gets funny. It looks hard, but when you put it in the, Microwave, it gets very soft, so I was happy. And I took my time to go to prepare some beverage. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really took my time. I took my time. You know, when you want to eat something, take your time, clear everything, and then finish your call, and then now settle. I beat that thing. It almost broke my
0: cheek
1: <laughs> It had become hardened. It was harder. It was hard before I put it in the microwave, but it has become hardened after it came to church in the microwave, it became soft. After the lockdown, when he left church, it became hardened. I know some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Make yourself get up and go to church before your hardness become out of control. They killed Stephen who was preaching good gospel because of hardness of heart. Stiff neck. So, Bible says that divers became hardened. Don't worry, I'm going to Colossians, but this. <laughs> <laughs> divers became hardened and believed not, but spoke evil of their way. Not quite. Before the multitude, online. Be careful what you believe online.
0: Yes,
1: sir. Especially if it's against the church. Be careful. Or media. They always are quick to speak before the multitude. Some of us are here. You have attacked and condemned the church before. Meanwhile, yesterday I was preaching somewhere and I made a very important statement to me so long as I'm comfortable. I believe it's important. Most people who criticize church, when you see somebody criticizing the church and it's because there's sin in their life. They are living You are living in a certain sinful condition. So it makes you very comfortable. It's... Your heart has become a platform for operations of the enemy. Yeah. Satan's hottest target is the church. Yeah. yeah. Satan's most favorite hate target is the church. The reason why he will attack you is because of the church. So they spoke evil of the way before the multitude. Paul departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. That's what he did for two years every day. Every day was meeting the disciples, every day. So when someone tells you, why are you going to church twice a week? Tell them that you haven't gotten close at all. You should be going every day. When people are complaining about church, a church having too many services, they don't understand what they are talking about because it takes a lot of services for the word of God to be able to break through and penetrate the community. Yeah not so much outreach outreach is important but services to prepare the hearts of people when your heart is on fire anyone who comes around you will feel the heat yeah he'll feel the heat and i was telling sharing with the past one of us yesterday about how we live in an apostate generation and an acutely apostate community Apostate means turn back to God. We don't have to. We don't have anything to do with God. God. That's so much so that some of us, it's very difficult to mention God anyway, when you're dealing with people. You can't mention God because it's like, a well, word. Yeah. You mention God. God? God? You can't mention God. And everything around us is driving God out of us. Movies. Events education. Everything is meant to drive God out of us, squeeze any bit of God left in you. So when you live in a generation like that, that means that you can naturally be on fire. You have to actually go put yourself on fire, because as soon as you move away, something is starting to quench you. So what it takes, to be effectual and effective for God, is the zeal of the Lord. You must have a desire for God, and zeal for God, else you won't make it effectively for God. It takes a certain zeal. And sometimes people say, encourage you guys, our young people are, are doing well. It's not because they just came off the street, they are bad boys or something. It's because of their heart zeal. When you have a zeal for Jesus, nothing is too much to do for Jesus. And I was saying that if you don't have zeal for God, you can't make it to the heel of God. Oh. If you want to make it to the heel of God, you need a zeal of God in our generation. Wow. You need a zeal. So when Jesus went into the temple and put people out in John chapter 2, verse 16, the Bible says they remember the scripture that says that the zeal, 17, says that the zeal of your house has eaten me up. Zeal. May the zeal of God eat us up. Amen. <laughs> So Paul withdrew the disciples and for two years had daily meetings, daily meetings, teaching services in the school of Tyrannus, that is Ephesus. And the Bible says that because of that, all Asia had the word. Now, one of the nearby towns to Ephesians, this is Ephesians, this was, so Paul spent three years in Ephesus, okay? Paul spent three years in Ephesus, and the revival broke forth from Ephesus and affected all of Asia. Hallelujah. And I like where he talks about chapter 19, this is all chapter 19, verse 20, where he says that, so mightily the word grew and prevailed. The word grew. The word of God can grow in our community, in our society. The word grew and prevailed. In other words, nothing could overcome the word. So, Paul had people who he had heavily taught, who were not originally resident in Ephesus, but maybe due to business and stuff like that, they came and got born again, and they were there, received the word, and some went back. Because when you read the Bible, the Bible says that the apostles, they scattered, and wherever they went, they preached the gospel. So, something similar. People went back with the fire, and one of such people is called Epaphras, which is not the same as Epaphroditus. Okay, Epaphroditus in um, chapter 4 verse 18 and Philippians chapter 2 verse 25, Epaphroditus. is different from Epaphras in Colossians chapter 1 verse 7. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 7, Paul said that as you have learned of Epaphras, our uh, dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ. So now Epaphras was the one who went back to Colossae with the word, look at chapter four, verse twelve. Chapter four, verse twelve says that Epaphras, who is one of you, is actually actually one of you. That's where it comes from. So that's why Epaphras was the one who went to save them and got the church started. Paul didn't start the church, and because of that, he kept saying that. I heard about your faith in chapter one. Let's look at the verse four. Uh, verse four. It says, since we heard of your faith. Do you see that? We, we heard about what God is doing there. I think the verse 7 also refers to something similar. We heard of your faith. We heard of your faith. We heard of your faith. So Paul hadn't seen them, but he had heard about their faith. Amen? Yeah. He hadn't seen them, but he had heard about their faith. And chapter 2, verse 1 is what I like. Colossians chapter 2, verse 1, it said, for... I would that he knew what great conflict I had for you and for those in Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. So it's not a church he started, they hadn't seen his face in the flesh. Now he was mentioning Laodicea, because Laodicea is like Peckham and Cross. so long as Colossae and Laodicea is concerned, they are twin towns. All right, and then there's another town which is called Herapolis. So you had Herapolis, Colosse, and Laodicea. Laodicea, so sometimes we find there's a place where he said that I've also sent a letter to Laodicea. So he also sent a letter, but not this one, and we don't have the record of that letter. But he sent a letter. So it's not every letter Paul wrote which was inspired to, be, to make it into scripture. All right, so. Colossians chapter 4, verse 16, he said, when this epistle is read amongst you, cause that it is read also in the church of the Laodiceans, and that ye likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. So he wrote some, he said, make sure this one I've written, let it be read over there, and the one I've written there, let it be read over here. So Laodicea is a nearby town, and Paul wrote to them. But all these places Paul hadn't been, especially Colosse and He had to send a letter because this other guy, Epaphras, who went there, and he's one of them, and sent the gospel. But now, Paul was in prison, and he had heard. The church was doing well, but Epaphras had to travel to go to Paul, where he was in prison, because there was a problem in the church. There was a problem. There was a problem. And the problem was a very serious problem. So Epaphras had to travel and go and say, I'm concerned about the church, things that are happening in the church. You see, church must always be protected and guarded. Yeah. Because always there'll be infiltrations. Yeah. There, there'll always be things coming in. It doesn't matter what level of the church. Things will be coming in. That's why it says that watch over the church. You have to guard the church. It said, take it to yourself and to the flock. You wrote to the pastors. It looks like almost every service I quote this scripture. Acts chapter 20, verse 20, take it to yourself and to the flock over which the Holy Spirit has managed you over here to shepherd For I know after my departure, ravenous or grievous wolves, grievous wolves will enter among and they will not spare the flock. They are coming to cause problems. That's why every church is susceptible to attacks, both from within and from without. The devil's health target is the church unbelievers will be attacking the church. They are waiting for something to go wrong and say, aha, we said it, aha, you see that guy is a thief, that guy is not a, uh, uh, uh. one person does something and they say, yes, they are looking for opportunity to attack the church, whilst the devil is also looking for any means to infiltrate with wrong teachings. So it's not everybody who is qualified to stand behind a church's pulpit. The fact that somebody might be famous doesn't mean you should be giving puppets to come and preach. And in churches, please, pastors must be careful who they allow to come and preach. Because the the puppet is the lifeline of the church. What is taught and it must be actually doctrine. It must be the word of the gospel and the truth of the gospel that must be issued from the puppet. So, they had a problem. Those times, Colossus, as I said the other time, was a cosmopolitan city with mixed um, religions and ideologies and stuff, and what was really pervading there was something that is called Gnosticism. As I mentioned, agnostic is someone who doesn't know, Gnostic, knowledge, Gnostics are people who believe. Watch this. They think you don't know. <laughs> because we have esoteric information. We have something special. We know something you don't know. And then when they see you're a Christian, they want to come to you and they say, you are doing well, but this Jesus you are being told of, it's not everything you know. You have to know deeper. Yeah. You have to know something deep about Jesus. Hey, you have to know it. Hey, you have to know it. Other than that, you'll be deceived. You have to know it. And they speak with such confidence that if you are not careful, you you might think that mm, maybe there's something. You see, human beings we always want to know more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And nowadays, in our science-driven or scientific mindset, we want to we are a Google generation. Yes. We we want to know more. It's good to know. But it, especially, it's when I, I, I came to live in the West and I realized that there are times people believe that there's deeper information. There's deeper information you don't know. And the more intellectual you are, the more you feel that there's still more. That's why science, we are still researching it. And definitely we have to, in the natural, because today's Bible reading speaks about how God has done the deep. And he says that the, I saw something that got my attention this morning as I read Psalm 104. He spoke about the innumerable creatures in the sea. Yes. He like said, God created them. They are innumerable. It's like, you can't finish counting them. Sometimes we have to keep researching and we keep finding more and more and more and more to the world ends. Because he says that, so, uh, so is this great and wide sea. Wherein are things creeping innumerable. Yeah. Both small. They are deep things that, you, know, you can't finish naming them. So that's why we have to keep searching and keep studying and keep researching. It's fine to research, but usually we, we, we extend that kind of mindset and ideology into spiritual things that, okay, I'll research. That's why someone will go, I'm researching on Islam, researching on Scientology, researching on Catholicism, re, re, researching on Jewish or, or Buddhism. I'm doing a research, I, I'm, a, I'm doing a research. And it's not like an academic work, it's just a personal quest. I'm do- <laughs> And I'm gathering all the truth. You, you find that i I know. I want to know the truth. And there's. And people say that all religion are fundamentally the same, but superficially just different. No, 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 no. It's it's superficially the same, but fundamentally different at our core. So. They were coming to the the church of Colossae with all kinds of ideas, and people have become members of the church, but they still retain all these kind of Gnostic ideologies. But you know, this Jesus, you don't know him well. This Jesus, you know, his girlfriend was Mary Magdalene. Ah. (laughs) You know, how many of you have heard this? You are trying to preach to somebody, and they tell you, do you know about the gospel of Thomas? (laughs) They are big on it. They love it. They say, you see, why, why, have, they, why have they taken the gospel of Thomas from the Bible? Uh, what do you know about the Bible? Yeah. You asking the question, what, what do you know about the Bible?
0: Yeah.
1: What do you know about the Bible for you to say, why have they taken the Thomas? Uh, what is, what's your name? John, or what's your name? Uh, Michael. Why have they taken the book of Michael from the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> Anybody at all can get up and say that the book of Lydia, my mother, yes, should yes, have been yes, in the Bible. Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. And if you can push it a little bit and look intellectual, people will bite into it and begin to run around saying that, oh yeah, yeah. So, Gnostics always tend to have something you don't know. And for you to know, you have to go through some initiation. They will take you through some rituals. So by the time you realize, they have swayed you away from Christ. Because you are beaten into what, so they, in those days, the church of Colossae came under attack by all kinds of variant opinions about who Christ is. Who Christ is. This Christ. So he had to write a letter. That's why he had to write a strong letter to clear the air that Christ is nothing but God. Mm. They said Christ is not God. They say, no, you know, uh, the, the Gnostics had the belief that it's God. There's a real God. And then out of him came That's most more gods. They left God. So when they came, they created their world. So God Himself. These bad, small, small gods that left, similar to the fallen demons. These bad, small, small gods that left, they came and created the world. That is why, see, they mix it with philosophy. If God is so good and created the world, how can there be so much bad in the world? So these are philosophical questions that have always been asked. How can a good God be there and there's so much evil in the world? And it's clearly answered from Scripture, for those who want to know. But then they come. So they, their philosophy is that these, these small, small gods created the world. That's why the world has so much evil in it. Yeah. But there's another good kind of holy angel kind of demigod thing that also left God and came. But that one doesn't have physical because anything physical is evil. So it doesn't have physical body. But he came and appeared. That's Jesus. See, 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 see how tantalizing it sounds? Yeah. Some of you have friends or relatives who attend churches or church, and they, excuse me, my language, they are so dumb when it comes to who Christ. Is. Yeah. They, they, completely ignorant. Yeah, so they, these guys were very vocal and they were infiltrating the church with their teachings. So there's another sect. Mm. It's almost like a Jewish sect. But they practice, um, um, what do you call, the uh, asceticism. It's like you have to punish yourself. So the more you are, you are, you are in self-flagellation, yeah, yeah. inflicting pain on yourself because your body is not good enough. The more you are getting close to God, the more you inflict pain on yourself. Is it? And there are all kinds of um, religious ideologies. Paul had to write to tell the church, it is Christ alone and nothing else. Yeah. So first of all, let let me tell you who this Christ is. Yeah. Don't add him to other gods and other elements. We have to get the proper picture of Christ and know that Christ is the wisdom of God. The others who are teaching, you know, you have to be wise. You have to know some things. He said, listen, Christ is the wisdom of God. And so Colossians chapter 2, I think verse 10, he says that he is the wisdom and we are complete in him. Christ alone. He said that, and you are, from verse 9, when you look at verse verse 9, he said, for in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And we are, when you have Christ, you don't need something else. Oh you don't need other thing. Christ is enough. Somebody say, Christ is enough. Christ is enough. Say it again, Christ is enough. Christ is enough. So this, This was a background for him writing a very strong letter to make the case for Christ because he knew the condition of the church and he knew what was going on in the church. So he had to write a strong letter to the church. Colossians chapter 1 again, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother. So Timothy was with him. It wasn't him who wrote it, but Paul wrote it and Timothy was with him. I spoke extensively about that uh, last week. Now... To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossae. To who? The to who? the saints. Where are the saints? Jesus. Who are saints? A saint is not someone with a halo or someone who is dead and they put a loan there. No. A saint is someone who is in Christ, yeah. it's someone who has been sanctified. Sanctified. You have been sanctified. What does it mean to be sanctified? To be set apart almost like a Nazarite. God has set you apart for himself. No, 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 And guess what? They were living in Colossae, yet they have been set apart. They lived in, the, the saints in Colossae, they, they were part of the Colossian community, and yet they are still not part of it. They were set apart for God. So the saints that lived in Colossae, he said, grace to the saints. So this letter was written to the saints at Colossae. He said, grace be unto you, and peace. Always in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 2, always Paul will send grace. He said, grace to you, grace to you. Because Christianity is about grace. Grace is God at work. Grace is God giving himself to us. When we talk about grace, you are talking about the grace of God is what God is to us and what God gives to us in Christ. That's really the grace of God. Everything God is to us and everything God gives to us in Christ is what is the grace of God, hallelujah. That's why Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. That is what God is to us. What God is to me is what has made me who I am. What God gives me in Christ is what has made me, grace, let's not make it too complex. Grace is really, true grace is what God is to us and what God gives to us. And it's God at work. And he says, grace to you. Someone say, grace to you. Grace to you. It's not you wake up in the morning and say to your children, grace to you. Wow. Say to your wife, grace to you. Say to your husband, grace to you. Grace to you. It's better than good morning. Grace to you. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying don't say good, please. There are people who will speak evil of the way. I'm not saying don't say good morning. I'm just saying that it's good to say grace to you as well. Grace to you. Most of my messages, when I'm you, I always say grace to, you, grace, to you, grace 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 to you. God, what God is to us, may it continue. When you study the scriptures, talking always grace, a New Testament, grace, 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 the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he wrote to them, he said, grace to you and peace. Ah, peace. But this is an interesting one, which peace grace and peace i want to say peace peace human being to be in the flesh to be human is likely you are not at peace with god but when we are in christ bible says that uh, romans chapter 5 from verse 1 it says that therefore being justified by faith we have what let's already out from the screen if you can please let's go <laughs> Remember, any time you get opportunity to read the Bible aloud, it's a glorious opportunity to get God further into you. Let's read it out. Therefore, being
0: justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ.
1: A lot of people who don't understand Christianity don't know that this is a fact in Christianity. Please listen, this is it. We have peace with God. Oh?
0: Yeah.
1: We have, we, we have been justified by faith. To understand Christianity, you have to understand what that statement means, being justified by faith. If you are not justified by faith, you are not a Christian, you are not a child of God. We, therefore being justified, who are there, those who have been justified? No human beings, there is a we, there is a we, so there is, if there is a we, logically there is a them. We versus them. Obviously, they, we have been justified. They haven't been justified. So we have been justified by faith. So therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We have peace. I have peace with God. I have peace. Oh, God is coming. Yeah, 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 I'm ready. I have peace with God. How many of you have ever in your life felt you, have no, you don't have peace with God, ever, at some point in your life, oh yeah. That, that if you have never felt it, I don't think you have really been born again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that is necessary to drive you yeah. to be born absolutely. again. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Before I got born again, I was a mass seller. Mm-hmm. And there were times I just, I, I could be in the service mm-hmm. or in the, in the mass, sitting down, mm-hmm. but I felt like something is missing in my life. Mm-hmm. I need God. I need God. I need God. I don't have peace. I need God. I knew if I die, I don't even know what's going to happen to me. I know I'm talking to somebody. But you can have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Shout hallelujah. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul writes to the Church of Colossae and he says grace and peace to you. Mm-hmm. Grace and peace, peace. That, that was normal in the Hebrew tradition to say shalom. Yeah. That the, the Hebrew greeting is shalom or ma shalom, shalom, shalom. Shalom Aleikem. the peace of God be with you. Shalom, shalom means that peace, everything is in order. Everything is together, nothing broken, nothing missing. Shalom. Shalom. So that's why it's called Jehovah Shalom. Yes. So the Jews greeted. But Paul was straight as a Pharisee. He, when he was writing, he didn't just say Shalom. Check it. He was always saying Grace, right. Grace and Shalom, mm. Grace and Shalom. Grace is charis, charis, charis. Yes. charis. Yes, yes, yes. What a blessing to be in a church called Grace, yeah. Yeah. with a pastor called Grace. Yeah. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. And our motto is the grace makes the difference. So, so grace unto you and peace from, oh, oh, this is where I might end, from God, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. God is our Father. God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, so grace and peace. And when you read Ephesians, particularly chapter 1, verse 2, it says that grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you see that? Similar, similar greetings. Similar greetings. So when you come to Colossians, it says that grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Where's the peace coming from? God our Father and who? The Lord Jesus Christ. Grace, where is grace coming from? God our Father, and who? The Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah. Not the government, but not the pastor, not my father, not my certificate, but the grace I enjoy, the peace I enjoy, it is coming from above, coming from above, hallelujah. So I don't know what you might be going through in your life. Sometimes you can be in a turbulent state in your life, but don't don't forget that grace will always come from above. That's, that's why the psalmist said, I lift up my eyes to the hills from when it comes from hell. You have to learn how to lift up your eyes to the Lord. Lift up, look up to God. When things are tough, when things are good, remember, grace and peace comes from God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, he reserves the right to condemn us. Yeah. He was the only human being who lived the perfect life. So if someone should condemn, let's look for someone who is clean to do the condemnation. Right? He's the one who is actually fully qualified to condemn. In Romans chapter 8. It really blessed me many years ago when I saw this text in verse 34. It says that who is he that condemns? Is it Christ mm. that died? Yea, rather. That is risen again and is even at the right hand of God. No condemning. rather condemn him. Rather. The one that should condemn is rather interceding on our behalf. What? Who qualifies to condemn more than Christ? And he rather died for us, and now, after dying for us, he is going to sit on the right hand of majesty and interceding on our behalf. You don't have a case to run away from God. Amen. Get closer to God in spite of whatever has happened in your life. Get close to God. Get close to God. Get close to God. Because there is intercession going on on your behalf. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. The only perfect one, the only pure one, he came living on this earth, they brought someone who was caught in adultery. Caught in adultery. They said the law of Moses said condemn this one. Stone, the law, the law is merciless. But the law depicts the standard of God. The law depicts the standard of God so well that you can't ignore the law and get to God. And yet we cannot also live according to the standard of the law because we are human beings. How can human beings, how, how, how can a uh, year three child write university uh, thesis? No, yeah, it's, not, it's not fair. That's why even in sports, we have women's football. Please. Yes, yes, yes. You yes, yes. Olymp- know, Olympics, they don't mix all. Even though men and women are the same, I, I believe many people believe men and women are the same. Even though men and women are the same, we don't just say, okay, 100 meters. Yeah. Boxing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Boxing. Yeah.
1: boxing. Women and men run. Boxing, can you imagine boxing? Many, many fi- female footballers can play better than a lot of footballers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Many fi- <laughs> than a lot of footballers. So some, depending on their level. Yeah. So someone who is playing at national level yeah. can play far better than someone who is playing at some, yeah, yeah. but she's a woman. And if, if I'm playing, for instance, if I'm playing football just for fun, I would like the professional female footballer to be in my team. Because yeah. even though I'm a man, she's far above my level. Yeah. However, even if we are playing a tournament, yeah. they will say, okay, let the women, men mix and play. No, no. Because women are women. The way they would chest the ball is different from where the way would chase. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, the only perfect one, they brought a woman caught in adultery for him to condemn because the law said mm. Moses in the law said this is what should be done. Mm. But Jesus didn't come to condemn the law, oh. he came to fulfill the law. Yeah. So there's an aspect of the law they didn't realize that God is a a God of mercy and just. It's justice, but it's also a God of mercy. So he came to live. Bible says that the law was given, John 1, 17, the law was given by Moses. The law was given through Moses, sorry. The law came, the law was given by Moses, but grace was not given, no.
0: No, no.
1: Grace was not given, please. Grace was not given, grace came. When Jesus came, grace came. When he showed up, grace came. Yeah, his grace. Yeah. When he said showed up, that's what the law it was given by Moses. Yeah. And so they said, should, what the, the law said we should condemn such a person. What do you say? He said, okay, you don't understand what the law was meaning. Yeah. The law is right. Such a person should, con, should be condemned. Yeah, the law is right. But I, at least I want the first one without sin yes, mm. to start so that yeah. we can... He didn't yeah. say don't do it. Yeah. He said just someone who also has not broken the law. Yeah. Mm. I just want a faultless one yeah, to start the process. Yeah. Then we shall we can all start. Yeah. But for that no one could do that. Because everyone has been caught by the law, and he who was flawless, who had not been caught by the law, he reserved the right to condemn, but looked at the woman and said, I also don't condemn you, because you are as human as anybody, and when it comes to the human beings and law, the law cannot fulfill the righteousness of God in human beings. So Romans chapter 8, verse 3, talks about how, what the law could not do in the flesh, because it was weak in the flesh. The law can do something for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. God said, I'm coming to do it. So Jesus reserved the right to be able to condemn. But rather, he he, he decided to die for us and to intercede for us. Mm-hmm. That's why when they killed him and put him on the cross, he could look at his killers and he said, Forgive them. Ah! Come on. I will call down cases. <laughs> <laughs> That's my human side talking. Yeah. But if the Holy Spirit takes over, I can't, you won't do that. Yeah. He said. God forgive them. For, 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 for what? Uh, can forgive them? These are criminals. They knew what they were doing. Murderers. They said, forgive them because all are murderers. Yeah. He was on the cross not to judge people. He was dying for sinners. Ah. Yeah. So when the sinners were killing, he was dying for those who killed him. Bible says that God demonstrated his love towards us. In that whilst we are still in the process of sinning. Christ died for us. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. Hallelujah.
0: Amen.
1: So now grace and peace be to you from Jesus. Let me just end on this. Wow. Grace and peace from God from Jesus God and uh, God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at the next verse. It's good I moved to verse 3. Yes, I was waiting for that. We give thanks to God. Let's read it aloud. Please do me a favor. I love it when I hear the word of God being read out. Is that okay? All right. Yes. Let's read it out Let's go, if you can see it.
0: We give thanks to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always to
1: One more time. We give thanks to God and Father of
0: our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always to wow.
1: wow. We give thanks. It's good to give thanks. Amen. It gives good thanks. If you know God, you'll be a thankful person. Amen. If you know God, you'll be a merciful person. Amen. And the closer you get to God, the humbler you become. Yeah. That proud person who's trying to prove how much I can fast, how much pure I am. then Actually, your fasting is not getting you closer. Because the closer you get, the more humble you become. Ah. Amen. The more merciful you become. The closer you are to God, the more you can tell, okay, you let go, it doesn't matter, it's okay. Yeah. I'll let go, I'll let, let her off the hook. I'll let, what he has done to me, I still feel the pain. But you know what, yeah. the closer you are getting to God, the more you are willing to let go, what your father did to you, you are willing to let go. What your ex did to you, you are willing to let go. I'm not saying you have let it go, but I know you as you are getting closer to God. <laughs> <laughs> please plan. Let's, let me tell you, plan, intend to let it go. Yeah. Oh yeah. Intend because that's 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 a sign that you're actually a Christian. Intend. Maybe you are struggling to let go. How many of you know? Sometimes hard to let go. Yeah. Because when you remember what been, it comes with pain. Sometimes you let go, but the pain never leaves you. You might end up going to your grave with that pain. It's human. No, no, it's human. Because that atrocity and injustice that was meted out against you, you can't forget. You can't forget that wickedness. But you can let go. You can forgive. You can't forget, but you can forgive. Who told you you need to forget in order to forgive? You don't have to forget in order to forgive because your, your brains will never forget some things. You can never forget some things and neither would you be able to, sometimes you may not even, even forget the pain that is associated with the memory.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. But as God is a healer, he says that he has sent me to heal the broken hearted. Yeah. So as you expose yourself to the word of God and you tend to live the word of God, you begin to experience the healing virtue in the word. There's not only physical healing, but emotional healing. Okay. That now it doesn't hurt as bad as it used to anymore. Yeah. You, know, you remember? And he says, wow, this it was bad. bad. Well, the, the pain is minimal. And it, you can get to a place where the pain is gone. You remember when you lost a very dear one, mm. you couldn't sleep, it was hard. But you, after a while, after years, sometimes it's gone. Yeah. In the same way, forgiveness can also go, depending on who is doing the healing within you. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, you can, you can let go. God can heal us. But he says, he says, blessed be the God. Years ago when I was doing fishing, when I got here, I got stuck, you know. Mm. The God and Father of our Lord. So who is Jesus? Is he not God, Uh, the God of Jesus? The Father, you see, God and Father, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, the same thing. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's different if you say our Father, like verse 2. Yeah. Grace and peace to you from God our Father. But now it says that the God of Jesus and the Father of Jesus. But, but Jesus is God, so why? easy. Do you want me to explain it? It's not complex at all. When we say the God of Jesus Christ, we are talking about Jesus Christ in his humanity. All right. The, in his, the human Jesus, his God was God. And his, the divine Jesus, his father was God. So God, that's why the Jews said, you are, making, you are saying that you are the son of God, making yourself equal with God? Son of God. You can't be a son of God. They killed him because he was the son of God. You can't be a son of God. So if you say God is your father, that means you are also God. That's why they killed him. Yeah, in John chapter 5, from verse 17, 18, they said that they desire to kill him more because it's not now only breaking, breaking the Sabbath. Yeah. He's not now saying that yeah. God is his father. Mm. So one day, the writer, watch this, in that infiltrated community of ideologies, Paul says that Jesus Christ, God is his father. Yeah. And at the same time, God is his God. He's using one stone to kill two birds talking about endorsing the humanity of Jesus and endorsing the divinity of Jesus. So talking about divinity and humanity resided in one person. So, he's God, and yet he's man. He's 100% God, and yet he's 100% man. Listen, it's not 50-50. Wow. No. It's not 50-50. Anyone who tells you 50-50, they might not be malicious, but yes, that they don't understand really Scripture properly. Jesus Christ is fully God, truly God, and truly man. So, watch this. This is what it means. He's man in every sense of the word, word as a human being, he's so human, that's why they killed him, that's why they couldn't, re- that's why when he said that, I and the father are one, they had problems, because you are too human. There, it's, 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 some people, sometimes they are so ingenious, uh, the genius is sometimes you can feel like, this guy, you are, you are spooky. Yeah. Even people like Moses and those guys, they were a bit it's like you' are a bit ahead of human beings. but Jesus, that's why he didn't do anything from his childhood. He lived a 100 percent normal human life, just that the only difference between him and us is that he never sinned. He was perfect, but they couldn't be bothered about the perfection because you are tried, you've tried. But he was so human that they were struggling to accept that he was God. Yeah. Because his humanity was perfect humanity, and yet his deity was perfect deity. And you have deity and humanity fused into one entity called Jesus Christ. Deity. So he carried God. That's why I said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. I am, I'm, actually, do you want to know how God looks like if he should be a human being? That's it. That's me. He was going around. But he wasn't telling me, this is, this is me. You see, God. <laughs> God. No. Sir, to the extent to the, oh thank you Jesus to the extent that even the miracles he worked he didn't work the miracles as God that's, that's, so, that's how so human he was so then when you think about it logically why should he be God at the same time because he didn't need the Godness to, to do the things he did when he was on earth because he, he he needed full humanity with the endorsement of the Holy Spirit. So the miracles he did, he was working the miracles because the Holy Spirit came upon man. Yeah. Read your Bible. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to. So he did all he did as man whom the Spirit has come upon. Yeah. Acts chapter 10 verse 38, how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was... Why was he doing that? Because the Holy Spirit was upon him. That's why he could, he could do those things. So that tells me all the things he was doing, he was doing as man. Okay. Wow. Man upon whom the Holy Spirit has come that's why when the church was born and the church or the church he was going that they wanted to go and do the work. He said wait wait wait. wait. Ah. The secret is the Holy Spirit Wait, 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 wait yeah. He said it's a for you that I go for if I don't go the comforter will not come but when I go I'll send him yeah. So you can't do anything for God without the Holy Spirit Jesus even hindered it so then the question is that what was his deity doing in the flesh? His deity was doing that in the flesh because it made his blood, the blood of God, for the purpose of redemption. God himself came to die and save us from our sins. (laughs) So when he died on the cross, the human being was dying, but the blood was a God blood, why? Because the actual DNA doesn't have a human father's thumbprint on it. It had God's own thumbprint on it, God's own DNA. That's why he couldn't have children in the flesh. He wouldn't marry because the church is a wife. Jesus didn't have to marry because the church. He came to die. Oh, read your Bible, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, husband, love your wives as Christ loved and did what and died for the church. So husband, wife, Christ, church, husband, wife, wife, submit yourself to your husband as the church unto Christ. So there is a correlation, husband-wife relationship between Christ and the church. The church is the bride of Christ, that's why he didn't need a wife. But on a human side too, that blood cannot be passed on, because it's the blood of God. That's why he didn't need an earthly father. If he had had an earthly father, he would have been as normal and common as everybody. God himself came and breathed into Mary, and Mary's egg for the first time in history conceived without the involvement of human man. And the word of God became the sperm. The word, the word, the word, was the sperm that fertilized the egg in Mary's womb. So her hymen was not broken from outside. It was broken once when Jesus was coming out. It was broken from inside because God himself breathed a seed into her. And God, or let me put it this way, God himself, the word became, you remember that? The word became, so the word of God went into a womb of a woman and then entered the egg of a woman and started developing as a fetus. Once upon a time, God became a fetus. developing in the womb of a woman by God, was so vulnerable by God. Herod wanted to kill him, but yet he was God. Wow. Yeah.
0: Mm. Thank you.
1: And he shed his blood on the cross. That's why Paul said that, take it to yourself and to the flock over which the Holy Spirit has made you overseer to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased by his own blood. blood. Whose blood? God's blood. God purchased the church. He purchased it from who? Mm. That's another subject for another day. By his own blood, by the fact that God needed the blood, but spirits don't have blood. Yeah, so that we can have communion. It needed the blood. Yeah, spirits don't have blood. So they were using normal goat's blood Mm. for some time to do the job because if you sin and we have to kill you for your blood, then we have to get your blood, then we are killing you. But God needed you alive, so he needed a substitute because he created you to be alive, yet you have sinned, and the soul that sins shall die. The wages of sin is dead, so when you sin, you should die. But God needed you alive, so then something must die. So God had to get a substitute, the, the bulls and the goats in the Old Testament, to be dying on the behalf of the people so that he can maintain some relationship with them unto the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He comes to shed his blood on the cross and wipes away all the sins from Adam yes. to the last person who we'll ever live. Yes. Takes away of obvious. Yes. That's why he had to be God. So when he says that, blessed be God, the, the, and fa- the God and Father, we thank the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are talking about the human Jesus who had the God and yet the divine Jesus who was God. The God and the Father of our Lord. Did you receive something today? <laughs> Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. When God speaks, works show. And the works will surely show in your life. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and subscribe to Karis Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.